Crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels, a casual conversation. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 032 of the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me this episode is an entire slew of people. You see, I was able to attend Hudson Valley GamerCon this past weekend, an esports tournament that featured 20 universities here in the Northeast, and I had an absolutely amazing time. Now, listeners of this podcast will know I'm not really into the esports scene myself, being more into the epic RPGs and games that can really get into the lore and kind of nerd out on. So it's just my personal flavor. It's just kind of what I do. But I had an absolutely amazing time being at a live event such as this. It's just a completely different experience. And well, let's just get this party started. All right, so we are here at day two at Hudson Valley GamerCon. Finally getting a chance to do some interviews now that some of the audio has died down because it has been loud here and loud in a good way, but this is what I'm trying to do to try, try to get some interviews going on. So first stop, I'm going to stop by the vendor table for my alma mater, the College of St. Rose, and I am joined by... Uh, Dan Marino. I'm the new uh, head coach for the esports team here. All right, so St. Rose currently does not have an esports team but we will be official in the fall correct correct we will have a team in both league of legends and overwatch starting in the fall semester that is awesome and i was just about to ask which uh games are going to be going so it was going to be say it one more time league of legends and overwatch fantastic so uh, how much interest do we have at say i mean there's enough interest to warrant an esports team has it been uh, pretty big around campus right yeah uh, we actually have a club esports team that sort of petitioned the the administration to to even you know consider the varsity program uh, so we have a lot of interest on campus through them and then we actually have a lot of interest uh, with incoming freshmen uh, who want to get involved as well. That is So there was an eSports club, and they took it upon themselves to petition the college to say, yes, we want to take this to the varsity level. Exactly, exactly. And that's usually where you kind of see those these programs start from are the students who are pushing the administrations in college and in, and in high school to sort of start to get with it and, and to start eSports teams. That's a really interesting phrase, the whole get with it, because I, leading up to this event, I've done a few other interviews with Gaming Insomniacs are on the other side of the hall and with Kiernan, who is organizing this event. And here in the Northeast and East Coast, esports isn't as big as on the West Coast, nor as big as the rest of the world. So, yeah, it's finally coming through. The students are taking it upon themselves, it seems, to actually get this moving. Right, yeah. And, and I'm not sure why it, it hasn't really took to the East Coast, but it's, it's definitely a nice feeling to see us start to catch up uh, definitely over the last year or two, you've gone from basically no programs to just about every college considering it with a club team or, or really going the full uh, the full investment around like St. Rose and going with a varsity program. Well, I got a feeling it's going to be a bit like dominoes. Like once we have a few colleges, I mean, right now we had 20 teams here competing in Overwatch, Fortnite, and League of Legends, and it's just going to keep going. I, I think that 
it's kind of hard to be the first in the area if you've got you know no one to compete against in a sport. But now that we're getting more and more teams, it's a spot where we can start competing. You, you agree with that? Right. Yeah. And that's sort of the I guess the glory about esports is that you don't have to have those regional uh, those regional competitive teams to because you can you know you can play a team from Nebraska or Colorado uh, and it sort of opens up your your connections and your worldview just just through playing a game. But you know, being a, a competitor, I come from traditional sports, so I really like having those in-state rivalries. So I'm super excited to get to uh, compete against teams like Albany uh, and Siena and sort of those local, or definitely RPI as well. Uh, to oh, we'll begin into them. <laughs> yeah, to sort of you know, you know, build up those connections that you see sort of you know in football and baseball and basketball at the collegiate level and have those really fun rivalries. Because rivalries are always fun. Yeah. It, the way I viewed most rivalries is I personally really never cared, but it's fun to get the team together, get the the crew together, and just like have a fun to to playfully and cooperatively hate each other in a very playful manner. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's not just for the team a lot of times because you know student bodies do get into it. You know, esports isn't the biggest spectator sport, but sort of as it develops, I would imagine that more people would enjoy watching it. Uh, so it's also for the student body to kind of build that school spirit. Uh, and like you said, playfully, 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 yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's all in good fun, uh, and it's it's for comp competition and and sort of that skill building. All right. So how big are we looking at? Uh, how big of teams are we looking at for the upcoming uh, debut? I guess or the esports team at St. Rose. Sure. I think a lot of it depends on what the interest level is. Uh, obviously, with running a League of Legends uh, team and an Overwatch team, we're looking at 11 spots minimum. Um, Ideally, you know, you run two teams, so you have that that sort of in-house uh, practice option, so you can you can practice against each other and sort of create the uh, scenarios that you want to see. Um, but really, it depends on interest. The more people involved, the better, really. All right, fantastic. It looks like we got the next match of League of Legends coming up, so I'm gonna uh, catch up with some people in a little bit. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we're moving down a few booths. I am now with Vicarious Visions, makers of all sorts of fan favorites here in Albany and across across the U.S., across the world. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. And I am joined by... Hi, I'm Callie, and I'm a recruitment coordinator at VV. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Callie. How has the con been treating you so far? It's been going really well. We've had a lot of people really interested in our Crash Bandicoot game play right now, trying to win all kinds of awesome prizes from us. Yeah, so Crash Bandicoot is something that I actually didn't play growing up. I was mostly on Nintendo and Super Nintendo and all all those. Yeah, right. right. Uh, just PlayStation just wasn't, it wasn't what I was into at the time. So I gave the Crash Court that crash course, <laughs> but I'm go a few times yesterday, and I was brutally reminded of what games were like back in the 90s. So, what's it been like watching people play the crash setup? It's been really awesome. We've had a lot of people who've never played Crash Bandicoot before, and they are really interested in the game now. They spent several hours here just trying to win the game, and it's really interesting because it's such a different game than what is currently out in the world right now because it goes back to the old platformers of the 90s. Right, and you have the plat. Excuse me, you have the platformers. I see some 3D action going on right now, but it's still a platformer that I guess I'll go with the transitionary years between the 2D to the 3D. So we're still making at the, when Crash was originally made. It's still a platformer, but now we just go in multiple directions. Yeah, that is very true, and especially with Crash in particular, it's all about your depth perception and making sure you're understanding exactly how far that next platform is for you to be able to reach onto it, which a lot of people kind of get a little thrown off on. 
uh, yeah, I did several times. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, so jump, jump, oh, didn't make it. Okay, try this guy, jump, jump, and didn't make it again. So uh, why don't you go ahead and explain, we have a nice banner behind you, what games we have represented here. Uh, currently, we're just kind of showcasing what Vicarious Visions in particular has worked on. So in our past, we've done Skylanders, we've done Guitar Hero, I've done Destiny 2, and then also Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. Also been known for doing things like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It's a pretty intense repertoire of games for sure. I played so much Tony Hawk back in my punk rock youth. It was so much fun. I'm having fun at this convention. Okay. This is my monster. This, go ahead. And your name is? My name is Tom. How you doing, Tom? Apparently he's got a monster that he wants to share with me. Yeah. Well, would you like it? Uh, no thanks, I'm good. I can't. I would have never gave it. Okay, that's, that's, you're a tease. You're an evil person, just so you know. <laughs> you get all types here coming to the, to the cons. So as I was saying, I played so much back in my punk rock youth. Uh, did you play much of Tony Hawk yourself? Um, I played a little bit of it. My partner, though, is a really big fan of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. He has about four of the games, and he'll play them constantly back on, like, the old GameCube days. So uh, Yeah, it really was. It was so much fun. Just kick-flipping and grinding over the, uh, the Smithsonian and museum exhibits and all sorts of places that you would never actually be able to go in real life. So you got quite the spread on this table. Why don't you go ahead and describe some of the things that we got here? Yeah, so besides the prizes we're giving away for the crash event, we're also having things like our frisbees, our sunglasses, pop sockets, bottle openers, pens, lip balm. So just a bunch of cool, fun things that are great takeaways for the event. Yeah, it's quite the group. So, and we are set up directly. You've got prime seating for League of Legends. So uh, I've been enjoying watching those competitions. It's been really good. There's been some really intense matches so far. As a personal League of Legends fan, it's really exciting to see what the teams have been bringing to the table and kind of seeing the rivalries that are already happening. Okay, so as a fan of League of Legends, you've got your own play style and the friends that you play with you got their play styles. Are you noticing any differences between your play versus what's happening on screen? Oh, for sure. There's definitely some champions that I'm really surprised to see in the tournament, mainly because as someone who follows the pro scene, they are not in the pro scene meta right now. So it's really interesting to see certain champions played like Malphite or Poppy or Zach right now, which is really cool. All right. So what's in the meta right now? Um, it's a little up in the air, but it's a lot of mage ranged characters right now, especially in the mid lane or bot lane, which is really interesting. Very cool. All right, well, thank you so much for speaking with me and enjoy the rest of the event. Thanks, you too. All right, so now I am at a table that's not necessarily eSports, but definitely a lot going on here. It is, shall we say this is the altered reality table? Should we go with that? And who am I joined with? Uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of the uh, floor managers for Altered Reality Entertainment. Excellent. And what are we promoting here today? Uh, we're here promoting for Empire State Comic Con that will be here on April 12th to the 14th at the Albany Capital Center. Which is literally the building that we're in right now. So as of this recording, roughly two weeks later, this place is going to be filled with vendors, comic books, artists, cosplayers. We're, we have a few cosplayers to our side. We, we might say hi in a little bit. But uh, So aside from Empire State, what else are we promoting here today? Uh, we're also promoting for uh, Epic Comic Con. We have a new show coming up in Atlantic City uh, at the Showboat Hotel. Uh, we're also promoting for Rhode Island Comic Con as well, uh, November 1st to the 3rd. That's in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. I got 
a whole bunch of prints sitting in front of me. Would you like to describe what some of these prints are? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so right now we have a couple of different prints from our uh, comic line called Road Warrior. Uh, we've got a couple of different prints of her. We also have uh, kid-friendly ones. We call them Little Roadie. Uh, she's a little kid-friendly version of Little Roadie trying to save Providence, Rhode Island from being beat up by a giant dragon. Sounds like fun for the whole family. Most definitely. That's what we have. We have a little bit of everything for uh, everyone in the family, uh, friends, family, anybody that's maybe not into Comic Cons but wants to go and spend time with their friends, they can definitely do this. And that is something that, I mean, I need to get out into the public a little bit more, hopefully I can do that with this podcast, that going to your first Comic Con can be very overwhelming at times because this is a very large room and it is going to be packed. Would you agree with that? Uh, definitely. It will be loaded with a lot of vendors, artists. We've got celebrities here. But the nice thing about it is even if you're going to a first con, a smaller convention is probably a great one to get your feet wet. This is definitely a nice small convention. It's well well attended by the uh, community. Uh, folks from come from about three, four hours away will definitely come to this. It's definitely a good one to go to. Yeah, it's... And... Also, if you are coming to your first con, one of the tips that I try to tell people, you let me know what your opinion on this is, go ahead and talk to the vendors because they got to stick behind their table for hours. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Most definitely. Take a minute, talk to them, see what they've got for sales, what they're selling. Even just have a conversation with them sometimes. They might have some good deals. They might get a better feel for what you're looking for. They might have another vendor here or an artist that they know that might fit your needs and what you're looking for. And that's great to hear, just the artists and the vendors just kind of networking and working together because the the nerd and geek scene is so wide and vast, uh, it, it, you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you might be interested in. If you let someone know who actually regularly is a vendor at these cons, they're going to know. They're going to know fairly in-depth what's going on. And if the, it's the whole, well, if you like this and this, go check out this person. This is what they're selling. Most definitely, I agree with you. You might be like, you could be a pop vendor, like uh, you could be a pop fan, so you want to go buy the latest pops. Well, these vendors might have them, maybe you're looking for a specific one. They might not have it, but they know one of their other friends or a vendor that's here will have it, and they'll send you over to there. So it's always good. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, cosplayers, do you have a moment to chat? I see some reservations. I see. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just going to put you on the spot right now. <laughs> All right. So first up, what is your name? Uh, my name's Garnett. I go by Gnet Online. Fantastic. And today we are dressed up as I'm just as Noctis from Final Fantasy 15. And it's one hell of a setup going on right here. So, uh, so we got Noctis going on today. What are some of your other cosplays? Um, I've done anywhere from uh, Black Panther. Uh, I've done Iron Man before. I've done a lot of Power Ranger cosplays. Um, and uh, some DCs like Green Lantern, um, uh, Red X from Teen Titans. Like I, I just, it's hard. Well, you, you got quite the list going on. <laughs> um, and how much of your cosplay is handmade, personally made? Um, I try, most of my cosplays are about eighty percent to ninety percent, um, just just from scratch. So that's that's really good. Yeah, I've been doing it like since. 2010, so it's, a, it's definitely a work in progress continually. So, right, And I'm just going to, for no I'm people looking to get into cosplay, this guy just said that he is a work in progress, and he's been doing this for nine years. Okay, so if you want to get in, don't be afraid. Start off with some casual ones. Yeah, yeah exactly. My first cosplay was Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. It's made from, like, an Under Armour shirt and a uh, kid's uh, 
um, Snake Eyes visor. So it was really cheap. It was like really thrown together, but. Hey, whatever works for you. All right, awesome. Uh, does anyone else want to step up? Shy? No, that's fine. That's fine. All right. They, well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, will you guys be at the Empire State Con? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll also be at the Empire State. All right, thank you so much. Moving around the vendor floor, vendor space, I am now at the Collegiate Sports Management Group, and I am joined by... Kelly Klein. Hello, Kelly. How has the con been treating you so far? It's been great. It's been a good experience. This is our first time here. We work with the ECAC a lot with their multimedia rights, and we're helping um, with the new Esports U sister company of ours, trying to get more sponsorship and get a more national reach for this esports tournament. Sounds fantastic. So, uh, in a would that be what the your group does, like in a nutshell? Um, in the nutshell of the esports world. Um, All right. So, so where else are we working in? Um, we are a college properties company. We have a national reach. Uh, we work with schools outside of the. Power 565 conferences, uh, the mid-major D1s, all the way down to junior college schools, again, helping with uh, multimedia rights, sponsorship, sales, uh, merchandising, ticketing, all of the above. That sounds like you keep busy with what you're working with. Yeah, we're a pretty busy company. Uh, we just got a couple new hires, and we're looking to expand even more as this year is coming to a finish and starting up for next season already. So... The sports management of it all, that sounds like a really important aspect for student athletes who are just trying to just focus on their own skills as an athlete and then like all the administrative stuff on the back end. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Our company is uh, very good with that. I used to be an athlete myself. So now being into the business world, they're really helping engage me and teach me how to become a part of a company as obviously I didn't go professional. So it's, it's a big aspect of part of the students' lives uh, now and also after school that the company really helps with, too. Yeah, because just the little bit that I've been working with for this podcast, trying to balance the business with, I'll say it, the fun of it all, it can get very overwhelming once you try to move into anything besides just posting your stuff to Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's a big time management thing. Um, I am an over-organized student, so my time management is a little bit better than most. So you're perfect for this job. Go on. <laughs> I try my best, um, but for these students, putting their schools first is always what they have to do, especially coming into a two-day weekend of nothing but esports. So getting their studies done before they get to their fun or extracurricular activities is what their schools have to focus on, too. Very important. If you're in school, that that's your job at this point. That that that's your job. We'll, we'll handle that, and then we'll come to the esports tournament, and we'll we'll have a, a lot of fun here in Albany. So, how have you been enjoying the uh, the Capital Center in Albany as a city? The Capital Center is awesome. They put on a great production here with the lights on the ceilings, from everything else, the back end to the front end. It's been a really a great opportunity for our company to come up here and experience this. Um, it was also a great weekend up here in Albany just because they had the Women's Sweet 16 tournament here on uh, Friday and the, the rest of this weekend. So it brings in another crowd that we would hope that would come to our uh, eSports tournament too. 
Yeah, the lights are absolutely amazing. I'll be posting some pictures of the ceiling, and they had this weird, I guess I'll call it breathing effect with the different colors, which looks amazing. However, I'm going to pray that my pictures come out all right. We're hoping the same thing with our pictures too. Um, it's cool, it really uh, relates to the eSports and how they always have the neon colors, the bright lights, even their keyboards or their computers are lit up too, so it really fits with the, the theme and the, of the event. All right, well, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Thanks so much. Thank you, have a good one. Okay, so I'm over with the Mohawk Honda booth, setup, display, all just kind of splayed out here. Uh, and who am I joined with? Uh, Nathaniel Greklik. What's going on, Nate? Uh, question that's been burning on at least my mind, how the heck did you get the car up here? Teleportation, does that count? I can do that. You know, I, I can. So it's not a living thing. So if some of the atoms get crisscrossed a little bit, it's not going to cause a catastrophic failure. But it looks like we got to fine tune enough so that it's all it's all here. So what kind of car do we have uh, at the end of your display? So this is a 2019 Civic Type R. It's actually the fastest production front-wheel drive car in the world. Really? Yeah, 306 horsepower. Actually set the record on the Nuremberg track. So if you're a nerd and you know about cars, you hear that and you're like, oh. There might be a few nerds listening to this podcast, so good to know. Well, that yeah, that's great. I mean, we, uh, we're always looking to be a part of the community, and I did not teleport it here. I drove it through a freight elevator, through the load, loading dock, very tight quarters. I'm going to edit this part out. We're just going to go with uh, teleportation, just so you know, but go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> so what kind of stuff do we have on display here at your booth? So obviously I have my Xbox here, and I just thought it was a free way to level up, so that's why I threw here. Uh, no, but just to, <laughs> just to get a lot of attention, just bring them, bring people to show us, show people what Mohawk kind of does. We don't just sell cars, but we're actually a part of the community in every way we can. All right, so uh, what other types of community outreach events do you work on? Absolutely. So we. Um... <laughs> So we do everything from pet adoption clinics, which is one's going to happen April 14th Excellent. at our dealership, to anti-bullying campaigns, helping disabled, autism awareness. So we're actually hitting 100 years. Oh, wow. We hit 100 years, and we're giving $10,000 to 10 different charities for $100,000 total. That sounds fantastic. All right, well, thank you for speaking with me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming over. Continuing the coverage of the Hudson Valley Gamer Gun 2019, I am now over at the ECAC table, and who am I joined with? Um, Christian Roman, I'm an intern for ECAC. Awesome, Christian. So, how has the con been treating you so far? Um, they've been treating me good so far. They brought me out here to um, work for this uh, event, and I've been having a really good time, and uh, hopefully in the future, you know, we can have bigger and be better things. Awesome. So for the ECAC, what are you uh, promoting here in particular? Um, we're just promoting the league and trying to recruit more colleges to join our league. Right now, um, we have 35 schools and we're looking to keep expanding. Um, and also, we're trying to promote that we're going to try to do an event in Atlantic City for next fall. Oh, fantastic. So is it going to be, a, well, obviously an eSports event. Have you gotten any game titles lined up for this event? The games that we're incorporating right now is Super Smash Brothers, Overwatch, FIFA, League of Legends, Hearthstone, and Fortnite. It's going to be a full schedule down there, isn't it? Yes, it is. So how much of the competitions have you been able to catch? 
Well, I've been able to catch a few of the events, and uh, so far they've been very competitive and exciting. For Overwatch, um, I don't want to put any biases on it, but I think RPI is going to take it. Oh boy, okay. I would say that you heard it here first, but this isn't going to get published for another few days. But in retrospect, we'll just treat this as a bit of a time capsule. <laughs> oh, and by the way, RPI was the champion in Overwatch. Alright, so you a big Overwatch fan yourself? Um, yes, sir. Very much so. What characters do you play as? Um, I play as... I do play Overwatch, but it's not um, my favorite game to play. Alright, so what's your personal flavor? Um, my, my personal favorite game to play is Apex Legends. Nice, that's been big. And that's a free-to-play, isn't it? Yes, it is a free-to-play game. And just a little free-to-play game that kind of came out and just is taking the online community by storm and just taking no prisoners. Um, yes, it is. I feel like it's um, very soon it's going to overtake for um, Fortnite. I feel like a lot of you know, the competitive players are moving over to Apex. Wow. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Right, and now I am with the Claim to Fame Entertainment booth. Uh, How has the con been treating you so far? Not too bad, not too bad. A little slow today, but you, with the tournament going on at the at the uh, Times Union, it's kind of tough. Right, and also we we got packs going on this weekend as well. Yeah, that yeah, I think next year because we helped them promote uh, this con, that we're going to sit down. Actually, our CEO is sitting down with them this coming week and start planning for next year. And that's one of the biggest things is make sure that you don't have any major other tournaments or things going on at the same time because people are gonna to go to PAX East before they come here. I mean, that's not to knock the Hudson Valley Gamer Con. It's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a business, it's business. It's a big business, you know, and they did a great job this year and we were hoping to help them to get bigger next year. All right, so who am I joining with right now? You're talking to John, and I'm the uh, chief financial officer for the company and part owner. Well, thank you for joining me on this. So what do we have set up on our table today? So we actually make our own Perler bead designs. We take them, and these are all uh, designs from the game, the three games that are being played today, the Fortnite, League of Legends, and Overwatch. So well played. These are characters of those three games. Awesome. So what does Claim to Fame Entertainment do? We bring eSports to the Capital Region. Right now what we do is we are at Crossgates Mall with Lucky Strikes. We set up all our equipment and people come in and they pay a flat fee to come and play all night. Uh, we do do major tournaments. We did one last year. Uh, we had players from all over the country come. Oh, wow. So we are actually in the process of looking for our own uh, brick and mortar. So it will be a gaming lounge. You can come in, you'll play whatever games you want. There'll be PCs, everything will be high end. We'll have food and drinks and everything. So it'll be a place that gamers can come and meet other gamers instead of sitting in your living room playing with somebody that you don't even know. So. I mean, there's benefits to that as well, but just the fact that you're growing to the point where you're moving out of your original, I, I don't want to say, would you call it rented space? Yes, we rent the space right now. Okay, so moving out of your rented space into your own brick and mortar. Building, yeah. That is awesome. Just We have a fantastic realtor that he's just incredible, and he just 
He's been working really hard. Beautiful. Uh, are there any, can you give me a preview of like either what cities or what parts of the cities that you're looking into? As, as where we're going to set the... Right. Probably your Latham area, North Colony area, because it's kind of a central area. Uh, you got the bus routes from Albany, Troy, Schenectady. They all come into Latham. Latham's a pretty nice area. It's up and coming. Uh, you, you know, people are willing to drop their kids off in Latham and go, you know, to the mall or something because Latham is a pretty nice place. But it's kind of the center point of the capital district. I can buy that. All right, I can dig that. Uh, so. So a lot of the esports competitions. Uh, what, what kind of like is your vision for this brick and mortar store? You kind of like a lounge, you said? Yeah, it's going to be a kind of a lounge, but like I said, it's going to be high end equipment. We're going to actually have the gaming chairs like they do up there. Very nice. High tech computers. We're going to have a big screen. You know, we're going to have when you walk into place, we want you to feel like, oh my God, I'm at a major event here. Look at this. It looks like it's on TV. Very cool. And, and someplace friendly, someplace that's comfortable, that you can sit and relax and talk to your friends, grab a quick bite to eat, and then go play again. Sounds like a blast to me. <laughs> I mean, not going to lie. Absolute, uh, the vision we have is, is in, in incredible. So what are your thoughts on the growing uh, gaming culture here in the capital region? Well, I have to be honest with you. My two sons and their two friends, they started this business. Okay. And they came to me and wanted money. And I told them, absolutely not. I, you know, I'm not getting into this. I'm a lot older. I don't know anything about it. But I finally did some research and found out how big it is and how fast it's growing. So I went to them and said, instead of giving you money, how about I buy into the company? I've been doing numbers forever. I was a treasurer for the, uh, the schools when the kids were little. I'm a treasurer for the Fraternal Order of Police. I said, I'll do all the financing. So when I took over, we they had about $1,000 in their account. As of today, we probably have $15,000 cash. Beautiful. And probably close to $40,000, $45,000 worth of equipment. That's, that's a lot of money. In two and a half years. Beautiful. And you mentioned the business aspect of it all. Uh, earlier this month, we had a press conference, or I was able to view a press conference to promote the Hudson Valley GamerCon, and kind of the same sentiments were uh, displayed or shared, where why would someone travel, in this case it was, to New York City to watch some people play video games, and the story was, uh, the Barclays Center is sold out. Right, exactly. I mean, in Pennsylvania, they just built a $50 million eSports arena. These these events are sold out. I mean, it's as big as the MAC tournament. Like, it, I, this at the point where I, I don't care what your personal opinion or sentiment is about gaming, uh, the words sold out. I mean, if you're in business, those are big words. Those are very good words. That's what you want to see. So what other types of community involvement are you guys getting into? Okay, so we just signed with Powell, uh, the Police Athletic League in Albany. We're going to bring, bring in eSports to their junior high schools and we're in the Powell facility itself. Uh, we just signed a contract with them for some events for the month and we're hoping to expand with them and get the younger kids involved in this because that's where it's coming from, just like any sports. You start young, you slowly move up, and then, you know, 
the scouts are going to be coming to the high schools. They're going to be looking for players. In our event, when we host the big tournament, they're going to be coming to claim the fame entertainment and looking at our players. We actually have one of the top players here in Albany. Okay. So that's that's what we're going to be doing. You know? And Mahanison High School, we just did a major event with them. They love us. We're looking to sign a contract with them. They have a facility that is fantastic. They just built a new technology wing over there. Yes, their center is the only one in the state. They got a grant for that, and they haven't been really using it. But the principal up there now, and I forget his name, he's very into this. We've sat down and talked to him, and we're looking to sign a contract with the, with the school district to bring schools in and bring other schools into Mahanasins. Sounds like an absolute blast. It's nothing but dreams coming true. It's, it's just, it's incredible. All right, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you very much yourself. And we look forward to bringing you to our gaming lounge when we get up and running. I'll be there. All right. So day two, continuing on to Hudson Valley GamerCon, and I am over at the RPI table right now, and I am joined by... Brittany Wenzel. Hello, how are you doing this day, this fine day? I'm doing good, how about you? I'm hanging in there, and as soon as I started to hit record, they just came back on the intercom, so this is gonna be great for audio, but we're gonna keep this rolling right now. And what are you here promoting? I'm here promoting my game Doggo Unleashed, which is a 3D single-player game where you play as a corgi puppy in a series of neighborhood backyards. You get to eat food, play with toys, bark at birds, squirrels. Most importantly, you can help the neighborhood dogs with their problems. And yes, this is as adorable as it sounds. I'm watching it being played on a laptop next to me. It's uh, an illustrative style. Would you call it cell shading? Yeah, that's the style we're going for. Okay, so it's associated, and you're just looking at a corgi floofer butt for the majority of the game. That's correct. <laughs> and right now, this is an older build. So I was talking to you yesterday. Is this an older build of the game? This is an older build. We have a more current build with bigger yards and more things to do, but unfortunately we couldn't get it ready in time uh, to show at this event. Hey, it happens. Business is business. Hey, it, it happens. And yeah, right now, so the version of this build that we're looking at is a handful of backyards, and there's just some things to interact with, and it is like I'm talking to you and looking at the screen at the same time because it really, it really is adorable. Yeah, yeah, we're, so, <laughs> yeah, right. Adorable, I'll admit, it's very adorable. <laughs> so it is called Doggo Unleashed, and when is this due out? We're hoping to release in November of this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, of course. Uh, so, so what else is going on in this game? You can you play as a corgi for now <laughs> and we just play around in the yard and I, I heard you mention something about a some type of objective to some some viewers that were here earlier uh, tell me about that so in the build that we have here today all you can really do is explore the yards however in the future builds we're actually introducing a story element and what has happened is a big storm blew through the neighborhood recently and the nearby dog park has a whole bunch of fallen trees in it 
and a bunch of raccoons have moved in and they're causing havoc in the neighborhood. They're stealing toys, eating everyone's food, and everyone is really done with this. So it's up to Doggo and the player to help get rid of the raccoons once and for all. That is fantastic. And yesterday we were talking and we were planning on a type of Kickstarter. Yeah, we we're really hoping to run a Kickstarter sometime in May. Nothing is really set in stone right now, but if we can get a big enough base now, it'll be more than likely going to happen. Okay, very cool. And I was joking with you guys earlier. So right now it's a corgi, and again, business got a business. I I, I know some people who absolutely love this game. <laughs> like I. I am mostly on the games that are very lore heavy, very detailed. Uh, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Destiny and like just love nerding out about the lore on this. But I mean, this is like, I cannot pass this up. It needs to come out. What platforms is this coming out on? We're hoping to release on PC first and foremost. Um, if that goes well and everything's running smoothly, we want to try to get a dev kit for the Switch because we would really love to release this on the Switch. A lot of people have been asking us if we're going to release on mobile. Currently, we don't have any plans to, but if the PC release is good and it's received well, then we do want to consider a mobile build. Very cool. And you're sitting at the RPI table right now. Uh, you're a graduate of RPI? Yes, I graduated last spring. Fantastic. Welcome to the real world. It sucks. So, so uh, what did you study at RPI? I studied games and simulation arts and sciences, or as we like to call it at RPI, GSAS. Very sassy. Very <laughs> All right, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Okay, so first of this event, I'm actually going to be sitting down with one of the competitors, athletes of this event. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Christian Isolda. I'm a senior at Marist College, and I play on our League of Legends team and our Overwatch team. Fantastic. So, me personally, and listeners of this podcast know, I'm more of the story-driven RPG type of gamer. But I have been having an absolute blast here at this event. Have you been enjoying yourself here in Albany? Yeah, it's been an awesome event so far. Huge upgrade from last year, where it was just one game, now it's three games, and the venue is awesome. Yeah, the, the venue is just absolutely superb. I've been here for a couple different events. Uh, love what they do here at the Albany Capital Center. What do you think of the ceiling lights? I have to say, I was talking to my team, I think it's the best part about the venue. I was like, if we can get some of this in our esports room at school, that'd be awesome. Right, because clearly, the ceiling lights are the most important part of a facility. Yeah, of course, of course, especially at an esports event. <laughs> yeah, it really is, though. Okay, so you said League of Legends? League of Legends and Overwatch. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm team captain for our league team, so that's kind of like my baby, but I participate in Overwatch. Okay, so what heroes do you play as in League of Legends? Uh, I play marksman characters. My role is marksman, so I play uh, Zaya, Vayne, and Ezreal. Okay, and what type of other characters do you like to be teamed up with while you're swinging the marksman? Sure. Um, so my favorite is Rakan's. We do Zaya Rakan. It's like a couple in the game, and they work really well together. Uh, and I also just like enchanters, so people that make me stronger so I can carry the game easier. Always helpful to have a support character giving you buffs during the, the competition, am I right? Of course, of course. Yeah, can't ask for more. All right, and you said also Overwatch? Yeah, I play Overwatch as well. All right, are you also like the range sniper marksman in Overwatch as well? So I, I'm a DPS player, so I still do the same kind of carry potential. Uh, for our team, we have a really good two DPS players. Um, so I play off tank to kind of compliment. Um, so yeah. Okay, and uh, 
how about your squad? What type of roles do they usually play when you're going into battle? So our squad, there's a one really good composition that's run right now, so we're not too good at it, our squad, and we don't really like playing it, so we're playing the counter to it. So it's really chaotic. We're causing chaos in, against the comp that's usually meant to be relaxing. Well, a little bit of chaos every now and again is a good time. Yeah, especially against a really good team, chaos is the, the enemy for them. <laughs> we're just, we have no idea what we're going to do, so we're just going to cause chaos in front of everyone and try to come out on top. For the best. Uh, all right. All right, thank you so much for talking with me. No problem. Anytime. All right, moving on with the GamerCon 2019, I am now joined with Jonathan Neely of Stevenson University. John, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm do <laughs> Nice to be here. It is. Uh, how are you enjoying the venue in our fine city so far? Uh, the venue is really, really great. Uh, it this is our first live event, so we are taking it all in for the first time. So. All right, so your first live event. Yeah, yeah. This is we. This is our first live event after three seasons. So. Okay, cool. So, what titles are you competing in, in this weekend? Uh, just for this weekend, it's just League of Legends. We just acquired our first Overwatch uh, Overwatch coach on staff, and he'll be participating in next year's event. All right, so we're already planning for next year. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, you know, just like in your traditional sports, you know, you're planning several years out, all trying to get things all situated. Um, and so what kind of strategy do your, okay, I should probably point out, you are not one of the players. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the coach. Okay. So how long have you been coaching this team? Uh, I've been coaching for two and a half years. And been a fun ride so far? Uh, a lot of ups and downs because right now the uh, League of Legends and the college community is very astringent. There's not many rules and regulations on on um, uh, amateurship, and uh, you get a lot of players sniped from other colleges, and you get students that are chasing money. So just like a lot of pro, uh, uh, college, uh, college traditional sports, you see a lot of these transitions with players of different colleges. For just this incoming season, I've lost five students at the beginning of the semester. So oh, that's kind of rough. Yeah, it comes. It comes with a. It comes with a lot of responsibility, and we still placed ninth out of the entire conference. Fantastic. Yeah, with a with a decent roster change. So. All right, cool. So, uh, what is your team's usual strategy when it comes? So right now, I have one premier student athlete. His name is Aiden Cagle. He's our uh, ex challenger ADC. Um, so because we have uh, such a a small talent pool, we we have to work with what we, with what we have. So we run a, a death ball comp or we run a team fighting comp. So we force them to meet us at objectives and we force them, we force fights at those objectives that take objectives to accelerate our gold economy for the rest of the team. So we, we play around Aiden, Aiden's our shot caller and he makes the, the, the overall macro or global choices around the map. Okay, cool. Uh, so as far as recruitment goes, are you guys looking out at like local competitions or how's your scouting working? Um, so I have pipelines in community colleges and also local high schools. Uh, I have a, uh, three or four students out of state that'll be coming in next semester. Um, two from New York, one from Colorado, and I have a possibility of one coming from no, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Quite the reach you got going on, but but that's the way it goes with these electronic sports because it's not necessarily 
geographic, I mean, clearly this is geographic, but your reach can go virtually limitless, right? Yeah, it, it's right now, eSports is generally based around your social media marketing and your reach numbers. So sponsorship and, 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 and recruitment all revolve around how well you market yourself on social media because it's such a youthful sport. Um, so you really have to do a good job in promoting your, your program, uh, looking semi-professional at the college level. It's definitely a growing and young program, but it's coming. It's coming on the rise. And I think this conference itself, or this uh, tournament, is testament to that because we've got the entire upper lobby, the entire upper hall of the Capitol Center with three massive screens set up. Yeah, they, they did a great job getting together this this event and it's only going to improve from years to come because there's a lot of things they work out and just just learning as a learn as a esport process all right well i'm definitely excited to see what happens and thank you so much for spending some time with me no problem i'd love to talk to you guys about these things and as my, we'll use the air quotes, coverage of Hudson Valley GamerCon continues, I am joined by another game developer, and I want you to introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan Hewer with Little Red Dog Games. All right, so Little Red Dog, what, where's the inspiration behind that name? Because I find it kind of interesting. Uh, it's a family business. Uh, it was We had a, a beloved Shiba Inu, and uh, uh, he's not with us anymore, but we... Uh, we built the business around the idea of we want our games to be um, the kind of games that you would be okay with having in, in your house. They're family-friendly games. And okay, fabulous. Yeah. Um, honestly, the uh, the company name really stuck, and uh, as the company grew, it just made sense to keep with the same name, and couldn't think of a better memorial to them, actually. Hey, you know what? That works. Whatever works for you. So what games do we have going on over at Little Red Dog? Okay, so we have uh, Rogue State, which we released in uh, 2015, which is a Middle Eastern uh, point-and-click strategy hybrid where you play uh, a dictator who is rebuilding the country from his uh, country in the Middle East from the ashes of uh, a bloody civil war. And uh, you are pulled in different directions by fundamentalists and liberals and nationalists and capitalists, all trying to steer the country in, in a different way. And you have to kind of walk that line to try and keep everyone happy and trying to prevent another collapse. God bless and Godspeed to that. <laughs> we got a, uh, a second game, which is a Deep Six we put out last year. Uh, it was a big critical success for us. Um, it was Fabulous. Finalist at uh, Indie X in Portugal. Um, it uh, we showed it off at uh, GDC. Um, this is a game that is uh, you play a convict who is sent to uh, deep space, and she has to uh, map a nebula for a company that's picked up her uh, her contract. And she doesn't know why she's there or what she's looking for, but she's in this very rickety spaceship and it's constantly falling apart all around her all the time. And so everything in the spaceship can be opened up and manipulated with and, and deconstructed and reconstructed. And uh, the idea is to keep your ship running, uh, keep yourself from falling apart. Space monsters are going to be constantly coming and tearing your ship apart and uh, find your way back home. All right, I was able to see a little bit of gameplay yesterday, and one of the clips that I saw was uh, the main character furiously trying to tape it back together, either a window or a computer monitor. Yeah, well, again, this is, uh, you're, not, you're not Captain Picard here. This is a love letter to the Geordies and the O'Briens <laughs> of the world here. 
So like things are gonna fall apart faster than you're able to, to put them back together again. So you're gonna have to figure out, you know, what am I gonna fix the right way and what am I gonna put in a, a temporary clutch in for in order to, uh, to deal with a more serious problem that's come on the line. So, you know, am I gonna fix the, the air ventilation systems or am I gonna be repairing the hyperdrive that's falling apart again? And creating an environment that's that uh, actionable, interactive, there's a lot of little bits and pieces when you get into different type of crafting type of mechanics. How extensive do we go down? How, how far down that rabbit hole of bits and pieces and components do we go in this game? With Deep Sixth, uh, it actually comes with a manual that you can print off and learn the complete construction of your spaceship. Oh, wow. This is, this is not a light game by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty deep. Um, and there's a lot of interconnecting pieces and things, um, and a lot of multiple ways of fixing a problem as well. You know, uh, there's a, there's the the right way, and there's the fast way, and there's the dangerous way. Um, there's a lot of layers to every room, and uh, a lot to learn. You know, it's really like, you know, the art of spaceship maintenance and construction, uh, and it's. It's read the manual of the game. <laughs> okay, I can I can handle that. So how's the con been treating you so far? Uh, con's been fantastic. We are here showing off Precipice, which is our next game that we're putting out in one month. All right. Precipice is a Cold War one or two player uh, game uh, where you play either the United States or the Soviet Union, and uh, you are vying for control of the world, trying to spread your influence throughout the world. Uh, you can fund insurgents, you can finance coups, you can engage in diplomacy, do resource trading, invade countries, uh, you uh, can deploy your spies or hunt for enemy spies, and the, uh, the real core of this game is any action that you do in Precipice can be challenged by your rival, and uh, they can literally tell you, take that back, you know, uninvade that country. Really? And what's neat about that is you have a choice at that point you know you can stand your ground and say no I'm gonna do what I want or you can back away and if you back away you lose face with the other countries you lose a little bit of your power support if you double down you dig your feet your feet in then your rival is given a choice as to whether or not they want to pursue the issue or whether they're gonna let it go and eventually you get into these kinds of standoffs where each side could be escalating and if things escalate too much your missiles will cross theirs in the air and then it's game over for everybody well, that's lighthearted and fun. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly enough, like all of Little Red Dog Games' products are not taking themselves too, too seriously. So with Precipice, you know, all of the, the countries are beautifully drawn and represented as uh, animals. And in, oh boy. This, in this kind of bizarre world that we live in, you know, Russia is entirely inhabited and run by bears, and America is entirely run and inhabited by eagles and it creates you know weird interactions we don't have margaret thatcher we have margaret badger we have <laughs> we have all kinds of um of just representations of the different countries and interests that are going to be pulling you in different directions okay and we we're talking yesterday you have a connection with suny canton yes yes i'm the uh, professor for game design and development at suny canton uh, it's a huge growing program right now, and we're really proud of the direction it's going and what our kids are producing right now. How long has this uh, program been at SUNY Canton? Game Design Development's been running for two years now. 
Okay, so still relatively new. Yep, relatively new, but uh, to see the progress that we've made in two years has been phenomenal. We're really, exciting about, really excited about where things are going to be going from here. Right, and that seems to be the running theme, especially at this uh, event, that esports in particular, so esports is why we're here. It's growing, it's finally growing on the east coast of the US. It's fairly popular on the west coast, apparently, and we, gamers know this is huge everywhere in the world but the US type of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, people are starting to wake up and realize we can fill stadiums now with people that want to see these kinds of events and these kinds of games. Oh, right, and I guess last year they had this event, and it was one game with four teams. We now have three games going, roughly 20 teams. So that percentage of growth, it, I don't care who you are, if you have any type of business sense whatsoever, those are good numbers. Yeah, we're going to need a bigger room next time. And that's a good problem to have. I really cannot wait to see what they end up doing. I mean, the Albany Capital Center is a fantastic venue. Uh, we'll see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And that is all we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can find the show notes for this and all previous episodes at videogamecrosstalk.com, as well as all the social media contacts and the occasional blog posts. Or you can follow me around on Twitter, Instagram, PS4, and Twitch at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts, and we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast listening device. And as I was editing this, I realized I completely and utterly forgot to ask my signature question to every single one of my interviewees. So I will instead pose it to you. Coffee or tea? Back at it at Hudson Valley. I'm going to try that intro again. And don't worry, I'll throw this at the end as my little blooper reel because I can talk good. Or my, my friends at the Toastmasters Club will I'll laugh their asses off at this. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and two.